Oh, the start of the show kind of snuck up on us, Johnny Mac. Is that a good sign or a bad sign for the game on Sunday? I'm not sure. Ah, you know, it happens. It's a sense of urgency. That's what it means. You got a sense of urgency? The the biggest and most important question is, do the Eagles have a sense of urgency coming into this game against the Saints? For, for a number of reasons. One, we've talked about, you know, getting a getting a win at Lincoln Financial Field. I mean, there's an urgency to that to the point that Nick Sirianni, as I mentioned, brought it up right after winning in Denver. He knows he's got to get that monkey off his back. And even more so, and you saw it again last night, not that it's a big deal, but uh, New England beating uh, Atlanta and thumping Atlanta is even more good news for the other teams that the the back end of the NFC playoff picture, which is basically everybody but Detroit. Um, and that helps the Eagles as well. So good opportunity to, to um, knock back one of those other teams that the Eagles will be fighting uh, with, and that's the, the New Orleans Saints. Not to get too far afield right off the top, but uh, since you went there, can I ask you a question? I know you're busy on Sundays. You're kind of busy. Yeah, you're at the Eagle games. And uh, reporting absolutely everything. I'm here at home. Um, I'm on the air for the back end of the Sunday action on CBS Sports Radio. But I'm jumping around watching games uh, all over the place in the early window. How have the Falcons won games this year? I know. I I go back to week one with the Eagles beating the snot out of them. I watched a good portion of the Cowboys beating them down last week. Last night, the Patriots just completely dominated how are they even in the conversation as a playoff? Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, when we get to watch them standalone game like last night, obviously week one with the Eagles, I mean, they've been awful. They've been just terrible, a terrible offensive line, which I talked about. And they've had that for years, and uh, they can't block anybody. And Arthur Smith looks just overmatched without Derrick Henry to lean on. You don't have Derrick Henry. They have no running game whatsoever, so. Well, that kind of tells you the NFL, though. I mean, it's built on parity. It's been built on parity since Pete Rozelle. Uh, if you have a good week, you can look really good. You have a bad week, you can look really bad. And that's why we always bring up Jalen Hurts. You don't have to say Jalen Hurts is the answer after one game in Denver. You don't have to say he's not the answer after one game against Kansas City and Tampa Bay. You don't have to do it, no. but everybody does it. A lot of people do, and here's where we tie it into the Eagle game. The Falcons just beat the Saints a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm telling you how bad the Atlanta Falcons look to me. My read on the Atlanta Falcons, my handicapping of the Atlanta Falcons is they're pretty bad. They're not a good football team, yet somehow this not-that-good-a-football team beat the New Orleans Saints. So it does give Eagle fans hopes for coming into this matchup against the Saints, who are a game over 500, whereas the Eagles are two games below 500. But on any given day, John, anything, any team can show up and play to uh, whatever level they happen to play to that day. Yeah, I mean, look at Denver. Look at Denver against Dallas. In Dallas, they were lights out. Look at Denver against the Eagles at home. They were pitiful. Uh, that and And that's the thing about this league. If you start feeling yourself, if you start smelling yourself, if you start believing the pats on the back, you're going to get punched in the face. So uh, coaches often talk about, you know, it's it's easy 
to to talk about handling adversity in the way people think of adversity, problems and issues and all things like that. But a lot of times handling success is even harder to keep yourself focused and to keep yourself. And that's why the good teams are the good teams, right? Consistency for the most part. That's what separates the good teams from the eight and eight now, eight and nine, nine and eight teams. That's that's the difference. That's it. It's it's basically two or three players and and that focus and the ability to handle the week-to-week grind. All right, Johnny Mac. Uh, yesterday, a pretty good day from practice as oh, far as good news day. goes. Good how, day. How much did you guys get a chance to watch? Um, well, I didn't get a chance to watch anything for the reasons we discussed yesterday, which worked out well because I was on the air too late, so I couldn't get down there for for testing. But um, just from talking to everybody else and texting everybody else, same thing as kind of last week. The Eagles have been managing this pretty well from a health standpoint. I think the bigger news comes from New Orleans, and we'll get to talk about that hopefully in the second hour. No Alvin Kamara. They tried him at practice on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. Those big bookend tackles, who I think are the best bookend tackles in the NFL, Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramsick, did not practice again. Um, we'll talk about it. If they don't have those guys on the field, I'm not only saying the Eagles win the game, I'm saying the Eagles should win the game. They should win the game. Yeah, injury situation will uh, certainly have an impact on the outcome of this game. Uh, the good news on the Eagles side was the fact that Dallas Goddard made it back out onto the practice field. He was a major question mark. And, and still uh, is a question mark, just a one that is leaning toward a more positive answer as of right now. And Miles Sanders got some uh, reps out there on the field, actually moving around, not just stretching, uh, carrying the football. Uh, that The coach gave us some insight as to how he views Miles Sanders uh, in the day prior, but actually getting him back out there on the field is a very good sign, Johnny Mack. Yeah, and and the whole roster, the whole available roster, obviously uh, practice in some form. Um, and yeah, it, it's pretty evident that Miles is is going to play. So it comes down to how are they going to use him? And with Dallas Goddard, a little bit ippier, I would say if you compare to last week with Josh Sweat, not quite as advanced as he is. Josh was able. Uh, to do some limited things and be back on the practice field Wednesday of last week and got through the uh, concussion protocol. Dallas wasn't able to do that. He seems to be like a day behind. So Saturday's the day. That would be when you pass the protocol. Got to keep an eye on that, and, and, and we'll see if Dallas Goddard's able to go. But those concussions are always – those are just, you know, those are tough because you're – you're talking about independent neurologists and they have to clear you. So nobody knows, but it, it's certainly better than not being on the field. Exactly right. So that uh, from a practice standpoint, we'll do anything to analyze the game, whatever analytics you can get on and you can put whatever weight you want on the analytics. Analytically speaking, the Eagles had a much better practice day. They got important oh, yeah. team members back out there as limited as they may have been. Uh, and the Saints did not, missing a couple of key contributors. And, yes, 
we're hoping Mike Koss, the play-by-play guy of the Saints, joins us today. Uh, we uh, miscommunication yesterday. He didn't join us, but he said he will make that same good effort, an above and beyond effort uh, to get on today's show. And maybe he'll be able to give us some more info on the Saints. All right, Jay Mack, the matchup is Saints and Eagles. We went yesterday through some of the historical perspective, the fact that Sean Payton has been an equal opportunity Eagle abuser Beating Andy <laughs> Reid, beating Chip Kelly, beating Doug Peterson. He gets his first shot at Nick Sirianni, who uh, we've been singing the praises of pretty good the last couple of weeks here in Philadelphia. And well, we should because he's done a nice job. Um, but he's also matched up against a couple of uh, veteran coaches, guys who already won the Super Bowl, and he hasn't been able to break through there yet. He's been very good at beating fellow young in their career coaches so far. Um, this is uh, a game between the Eagles and the Saints. But don't kid yourself. Every single week in the NFL, it's a matchup between the two coaching staffs, uh, even though I'm uh, pretty pumped up by what Nick Sirianni has done and the momentum he's built over the course of this year. This is a week that you've got to give the advantage to the opposition as far as coaching staff against coaching staff. Do you not? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, one of the great coaches of the generation. So, that's not an insult, even though people will take it as an insult. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't win the game. I I just talked about, you know, it doesn't matter who you have coaching. If you don't have your best players, you're, you're going to be up against it in the NFL. So it's still about talent first. Uh, and the Saints have a lot of issues starting at the quarterback position. But if they don't have um, – you know, an Alvin Kamara, if they don't have a Teron Armstead who hasn't been playing, if they don't have Ryan Ramsick, I mean, that's, you know, you saw Denver, what happened to Denver when they lost two competent offensive tackles. Now you lose two all-pro level offensive tackles. I mean, that's how good those guys are. That's the best tandem in the league, in my estimation. Um, you saw last night, if you watched the game, Look, Matthew Judon is having a great year, um, but he's not Deacon Jones. He looked like Deacon Jones last night. They couldn't block him. Um, it, it, I say it all the time. People probably get tired of it. If you can't block people in this league, you can't play offense. It's one of the reasons why I had a little bit more optimism to the Eagles than, than other people did before the season started because of their offensive line. Conversely, if you have a bad offensive line, if you have an injured offensive line, if you have a messed up offensive line, again, Falcons prove it again. There's 150 million examples. If you can't block people in this league, you can't play offense. And if you can't play offense, even with Sean Payton, maybe the best play caller of his generation, you can't block people. You can't call great plays. Can't do it. Agreed. But uh, using the Patriot game last night in his, as an example, and uh, Matthew Judnott and the game he had, and a comparison to whatever great uh, pass rusher you want to bring to the table, who's going to get that done for the Eagles on the outside this week? Uh, well, there is a step down if the Falcons or excuse me, the Saints are going to their backup tackles. That's for sure. But somebody still has to be able to make the play for the Birds 
who is that at defensive end? And or if uh, the... well, you know who it is, and you you've shut the book on him, but he made some plays last week against bad. He made eight play last in, week in between in between uh, the the knucklehead plays, and Josh Sweat is still out there as well, and 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 you can do some different things. No, you don't have a player playing to the level of of Matthew Judon this season, certainly. Uh, but the point isn't about who you have. The point is about who they have. And no, yeah, if you have, guess what? If you have Teron Armstead at 100% and Ryan Ramsick at 100%, forget about it. Eagles aren't getting anywhere uh, near uh, Trevor Simeon uh, on the outside. Point is, they don't have those guys. And they're probably not going to, now I'm not going to say they don't have them. We'll see with Mike. Uh, hopefully, if if but you know when you don't practice on Wednesday, Thursday, these are veteran players. I would say Ramsick's closer. They might say, "All right, let's get them through the week and try to get them in the game." You see it all the time with the Eagles and Fletcher right. Cox and players like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't have them, doesn't matter. I mean, they're 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 the ones with the issue, not you. They're the ones with the issue. Well, I would say Eagles still have an issue. You, you and I disagree on. Uh, the well, you close the book. We talk all the time. You have well, slammed I mean, the book shut. You continued open it by saying Derek Barnett made plays. He made well, one play. He I made mean, one, the, one the, play. The, 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 um, if you know, James Hurst, who, who was, you know, a guard, would be playing left tackle. The right tackle would be a six round pick, um, this year. I mean, a rookie six-round pick. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not saying Derek Barnett's great. I think he's better than you will think he's better. I think, you know, that's difficult not to be better than you think he is. But I'm not saying he's a great player. I'm saying they're really up against it. And and average players can take advantage. Average NFL defensive ends can take advantage of that type of situation. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, and I'm saying uh, two sacks this week. I'll take the under for Derek Barnett. You ready to take the over? No, any, any. I'm not ready to take the over on two, probably on anybody. That's a lot of sacks in this league, with the exception of the Miles Garretts of the world. Sack and a half. You ready to take the over? No, still not. Okay. Again, if it's Miles Garrett, yes. If it's Aaron Donald, you know, playing against a, a rookie inside, yes. But there aren't a lot of those guys. That's a big so, number. So if he gets, so if he gets another sack like he did last week, one, he'll beat you and I by one apiece. Well, if he gets a sack, if he gets a tackle for loss, if he creates pressures, I mean, you know, hurries and pressures. I've been saying it forever are more important to me than sacks anyway. Um, pre- consistent pressure on the quarterback. Does he get the quarterback off the spots? You know, all that kind of stuff plays into it. I just, you know, I, you know, to go in and say, okay, you've closed the book on Derek Barnett. And by the way, he's not going to be here next year. So if you want to close it from that perspective, that's I get one it. of the reasons why I'm closing it and I'm happy for it, but that's fine. But what I'm saying is on a, on a particular game day, to say, you know, Derek Barnett as a player can't take advantage of deep reserves who aren't very good, that's where we go off in different directions. Yeah, and uh, we'll not know how it plays itself out till Sunday arrives. Uh, um, the one thing that I will give the Eagles 
Uh, Trevor Simeon is not—he's not a sitting duck, but he's not Jalen Hurts either. It's not like he's going to be able to uh, extend pockets and get outside and turn it upfield and turn what looks like a loss into a uh, 14-, 15-yard gain like uh, Jalen Hurts can. That's one of Jalen Hurts' biggest strengths, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, That's not Trevor Simeon. Now, I think he's a pretty smart quarterback. He doesn't get sacked all that much. He's going to get rid of the football. He's going to get it out of there. He might not complete a high percentage of his passes because he's going to throw the ball away and or put it in a spot where only his guy can catch it and can't get picked off. Those passes end up incomplete. That's what I think you're going to see from Trevor Simeon. I don't think he's going to pick the Eagles apart, but I don't think he's going to blow up on the Eagles either. So if you're right about the pressures and getting to him and getting the ball out of his hands, Trevor Simeon will get it out of his hands before he gets sacked. Well, and then you got to look at the other end um, and the same type of thing with the saints. Unfortunately for them, you know, there's no Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas is out there, everything kind of falls into place. Uh, You know, they've been leaning on guys like Marquez Calloway, and we've talked about Deontay Harris a lot. He's sort of a gimmick player. He's played 175 snaps all year. Traquan Smith is back. They're leaning on him. So they don't have rece- They don't have both ends of the equation. They not only don't have Drew Brees, they don't have the playmakers they once had either. So it's kind of it's kind of weird how this team has shifted from. I mean, let's face it. You think about Sean Payton. Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. Again, a lot of people consider this the best play caller of the generation. You think offense, offense, offense. And when they had really deep runs, when they won the Super Bowl, the defense was kind of middle of the road. Not great, but as long as they had a competent defense. Now it's the exact opposite. Now their defense carries them, and they have difference makers at every level. Um they're really good on defense. I mean, really good. You, you know, um, starts with Cam Jordan. Everybody knows, but Marcus Davenport, who they drafted a couple of years ago, is now coming on at least as a pass rusher. They have a big uh, defensive tackle and and Shy Tuttle who stops the run. They have great linebackers and Demario Davis. You know him as an ex Jet. Oh yeah, a so aggressive. Pete Werner is a great draft pick. And then the secondary, that's that secondary is as talented as you'll see with Marshawn Lattimore and our old buddy Malcolm Jenkins and also Marcus Williams, who, you know, people remember for blowing the big play against Stephon Diggs, but he's turned into a great safety. Um, they're really good. They're really talented on defense. And uh, unbelievably so. They have linebackers that actually make big plays. A foreign yeah, concept. I love, I love Demario Davis. Yeah, I love him. So do I, even though he is an ex-Jet and still should be wearing Jet Green. It's a uh, foreign concept here in Philadelphia to actually have linebackers who can make big plays for you. Uh, the Saints have them. The Eagles don't think that's a necessity in defense. In but it, it's been better. It's been better with TJ Edwards and Davion Taylor. It's been it's been a lot better. But I I would say, and I probably said it earlier in the week. I, you know, I think the Saints have the most physical linebacker in football and Demario Davis and the most physical safety in football and Malcolm Jenkins. They will, they will punch you in the face, as they say. And the Eagles made a big thing out of out uh, 
the physicality they had against Denver, and rightfully so, because they beat up the Broncos. It's going to be much more difficult against this this defense. Sounds like the kind of game Philadelphia fans like, a punch-them-in-the-mouth type game going both ways, coming up on Sunday. All right, coming up next with us here on Birds 365, it's game day Kratz. We usually punch up Ed Kratz on Fridays, get his take on the upcoming game before it is played. We will do so again here. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... Could say that. A football Friday here on Birds 365. We're counting down to the kickoff of the Saints-Eagles. One thing I know both of these two guys like is... One o'clock game on Sunday. Yes. The only travel is down to Lincoln Financial Field, and the kickoff will be one o'clock, which, which will make both John McMullen and game day Ed Kratz is life a little bit easier. How are you, Eddie? Hey, I'm doing great, Jody. Good to see you. How about me, Ed? Not good to see me. Oh, hey, John. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> 
I get it. I get more excited to see Jody myself. <laughs> you you see you see uh, John altogether too much. All right, Ed. Um, John and I were going back and forth about if the uh, Saints are down uh, their two tackles, that it will give the Eagles a chance to get to the quarterback. Do you have faith that? Either of their defensive ends, you want put uh, a third one in there. You, somehow, Ryan Kerrigan comes back from the, the, the dead. I would highly doubt that. Um, Derek Barnett and or uh, Josh Sweat, can they take advantage of the Saints being uh, undermanned at the tackle position and wreak havoc in the Saints' backfield on Sunday? You know, it's hard to even remember that Ryan Kerrigan's on this team, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, he's played, what, 10 snaps, 12 snaps. He he, he rarely plays. And, um, boy, what a, what a free agent bust he has been so far. So, no, I don't see a resurrection of Ryan Kerrigan in this game. But, you know, not having two tackles, and John mentioned this against the Broncos, it's hard to play in the NFL when you don't have competent tackles. And the Broncos were without their two tackles. And the Eagles didn't sack Teddy Bridgewater very often. I think they only had one sack. But, you know, they did move him around in that pocket a little bit and made life uncomfortable for him. So, you know, I think they can take advantage of the Saints if their tackles aren't there. I don't think you'll see a seven-sack day because I just don't think these defensive ends are equipped to, you know, pile up sacks like that. And they're very thin at that spot. <clears throat> you know, after – uh, Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, they, there's not much there. I mean, Jannard Avery has been playing some, and, you know, he's another guy that you you scratch your head and think, you know, how in the world is he getting snaps? But that's kind of what it's come to. So, you know, we've seen Sweat flash a little bit. Barnett, you know, he had – I think he did have that sack against the Broncos, and then he made the, you know, the roughing the passer penalty. Uh, still not sure about that flag. But – I'm not sure these guys are equipped to pile up sacks. You know, you'd like to see Javon Hargrave get one again. He came out of the gate six and five games, hasn't had one since. Um, Fletcher Cox, but I don't know. I think they can make life uncomfortable if these tackles don't play. But if you're expecting, you know, a big sack to quarterback day, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. Yeah, that's interesting because I've been talking about the tackles, <laughs> and it would be I think James Hurst would kick out to left tackle. Um, and Landon Young would be the right tackle, who's a rookie six-round pick. So it's more about that side than really the Eagles. But the interior, where the Eagles do have some talent, isn't great either on, on the Saints' offensive line, typically. Um, typically, the offensive tackles, when Ryan Ramsick is out there and uh, Teron Armstead are out there, they're really good. I mean, that's the best sure. duo in the NFL, but you're right. This might be a week for, for Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox as well. This is just not what we think of, of as the new Orleans saints right now from an offensive perspective. Well, and we saw, you know, the Los Angeles chargers, the one side of their line was very weak too. The right side was yeah. supposed to be, <clears throat> you know, kind of fill in guys and, you know, they didn't really make a lot of noise against the chargers, obviously, you know, they didn't hit Herbert at all, really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've seen now he got the ball out quick, though. Herbert got the ball out quick. Simeon is not known for getting the ball out quick. So there's a yeah. little bit of a difference there as well. Yeah, well, you're right. You need competent line play, <clears throat> excuse me, to be a success. And right now, the Eagles, I'm not sure they're equipped to take advantage of <clears throat> depleted offensive lines. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that against the Saints at home. 
Trevor Simeon, like you said, John, as the quarterback, um, they're going to need to take advantage of it. And they're going to have to put pressure on him and uh, to win this game. All right, game day, Ed. Uh, I was talking with John in the first segment about the good news coming out of Eagles practice yesterday. The fact that Dallas Goddard was out there, not going to know probably till Sunday whether he's going to be a go and pass all the concussion protocols. But the fact that he got out there on the field with his team, a good sign, as did Miles Sanders, which the coach addressed the day before, said, if he's healthy, he's our starter. And I got an issue with it, both in football and basketball and the use of the word starter, Who's, whoever starts doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot. Now, most times, starters are, are your predominant play. They get more snaps. They play more than other players. But sometimes one play, a starter, get out there on the field, be done. You're not seeing them again until the third quarter. Miles Sanders will be their starter. Does that mean Miles Sanders will get more carries this week? If he's active and he's part of the game day roster, does that mean he gets more carries than either Scott or Howard? I, I think it could. Um, you know, Sirianni's been pretty consistent during his absence that, yeah, he's our guy. We miss Miles Sanders. Um, you know, and I don't know whether that's coming from the front office, you know, the Howie Roseman edict that, yeah, we, we need to see Miles Sanders out there because we drafted him in the second round. But, yeah, I think I think if he's healthy, if he's 100 percent and he's ready to go, I, I think you're going to see him have a big role in the game plan. And you might sprinkle in some Jordan Howard and <clears throat> you might see Boston Scott and or Kenny Gainwell on third down. But, yeah, I think Miles Sanders is going to uh, get plenty of snaps and plenty of carries. And, you know, listen, if he fumbles or if he doesn't have the production that we're used to seeing these previous weeks with Jordan Howard, in uh, Boston, Scott, then you'll reevaluate during the week leading up to next week's game uh, against the Giants. But, um, yeah, I think he'll have a role if he's active. Now, he hasn't been activated from the from the injured reserve yet. He's been placed in this 21-day window. Um, but I suspect he will be activated. Um, the Eagles will have to free up some room on their 53-man roster. We'll see who goes. But, uh, yeah, I think if he plays, if he starts, if he's 100% healthy, he, he's going to get the lion's share of the snaps. And me, I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm more – I don't like to mess with a successful formula. You know, I'm a, mm. I'm a pretty suspicious, uh, superstitious guy. You know, I feel like if, if I got a lucky pair of underwear and my team's winning when I'm wearing them, man, I'm, I'm going to make sure <laughs> they're clean on game day so I can put them on again. And even if they're not clean, I'm going to wear them because they're my lucky underwear. So I'm a superstitious guy. I think you don't mess with success and a winning formula. Um, and, and so, but I don't think Sirianni's going to see it that way. I think he's going to give Sanders the football when he's in, if he's healthy. Now you beat me to the punch, Ed, because that's where I was going to go. What would you do? Not we all know what the Eagles are going to do. If Miles is healthy, Miles is going to be the guy. But um, Jordan Howard has been effective. Austin Scott has been effective. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, interestingly, has been the one who's taken a step back in in the absence of Miles Sanders. Other guys are going to play, though. So if we stipulate Miles is going to be the guy, um, See, how does the rotation I, uh, By look? the way, I won't stipulate to that. I don't think that's the way it's going to well, play out. I, I, I think I'm, Jordan I'm, Howard will get the most carries for the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Well, okay. Um from 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 Nick's standpoint, I'll say, you know, because Nick has said he's the starter, he's going to be the guy when he comes back. So I'll rephrase it. 
if if that's the case and the head coach isn't uh overtly lying to us oh yeah i think he's killed in the lily well yes, it's possible he wouldn't be the first i'm i'm saying but if if we take him at his word and nick has largely been honest to us um what does the rotation look like? Who was the odd man out? They're not going to play all four running backs. Who who was the odd man out from your pers- perspective? Well, I think, you know, Nick has talked about going with a hot hand. And if you look at who has had the hot hand, it's been Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. And like you said, Gainwell has kind of been just sort of an afterthought. Um, and, and it's interesting how this team has evolved when you look early in the season, Miles Sanders wasn't really part of too many game plans. I mean, this was a Jalen Hurts production and the running game was an afterthought. We've seen that evolve, obviously. So I don't think he can hold that against Sanders because early in the season, he really wasn't involved in the game planning. Um, and it was just RBOs, him. The runs, the runs. Ed. Yeah. Every plays a run until Jalen Hurts decides to pull it yes. and keep it and, you know, improvise. But th- this offense has evolved, and um, <clears throat> in the early going, it was Sanders and Gainwell, and I think that's changed. So I think Gainwell would be the odd man out here. I think you put him down on game day. I don't see really any any sense, and maybe that's a question we can ask Nick Sirianni. Does he envision <clears throat> the possibility of a game day roster that has four running backs on it? I think that's too many. Um, so I think Gainwell probably takes a seat. It could be Scott, but if Sirianni's true to his word and he says we like to go with the hot hand, that hot hand has belonged to Howard and Scott in, in Sanders's absence. And, you know, let me just point this out, too, is, you know, we've seen kind of the Sanders-Howard backfield before. We saw it in 2018. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, and I thought it was kind of a, the blossoming of a thunder and lightning type of operation where you have the home run lightning bolt and Sanders and you have that thunder hammer and the and Jordan Howard, and, and it never really kind of de- developed. Howard Two games, it was great. Two games, Buffalo and <laughs> yeah. Chicago. They were they were great on the field together. And and I thought, you know, hey, the Eagles have something here with this duo. And then Howard hurt his shoulder, missed the last six games, and then, you know, he was off to Miami after that. So, you know, here we are two years later, and it's kind of, you know, I kind of like looking at that as, yes, yeah, Sanders and Howard in the backfield to me – makes sense because they're two different styles uh, of running back and you can play them on the field at the same time, which we saw them do two years ago. So, you know, I, and on one hand, I agree with Jody. I think Howard's going to get <clears throat> his carries. I do. And uh, maybe he gets the equal amount that Sanders gets. I mean, we, even we saw that when Boston Scott and Jordan Howard were the, were the bell cows, they were pretty much equal in carries. And we could see that again. We could see Sanders and Howard, with the balanced, uh, balanced carries, and then Boston Scott be that third down scat back type, not as quick, obviously, as Kenny Gainwell, but his hands are pretty good. Uh, and, and Scott can do things in the open field. So I think Gainwell's probably the now, Real quick, down. Jody, before you jump in, uh, uh, with Jordan Howard, you, you and I have talked to Jordan a number of times. Jordan was pretty honest in the offseason saying he wasn't getting any calls. He thought his career might be over. Um, and he got himself in shape. He lost some weight. He did everything possible, had a great training camp. Any possibility, any possibility at all, do the Eagles say, you know what? This guy doesn't have much left physically. We heard, you know, Doug Peterson say that about Jay Ajahi back in the day. 
This guy's not the physical player. We've been scheming him up. Any chance they just say, thanks for the, the work, thanks for the effectiveness. You know, Boston's our guy, Kenny's our guy, Miles is our guy. Any chance of that happening? And saying goodbye to Jordan Howard? Well, not necessarily goodbye not, as far as release, although they could release him and get him back on the practice squad, but just saying you're the odd man out. Boy, I'll tell you, I would put that at, at very slim, to be honest. Um, I, I really think Howard, they love Howard, and the teammates have talked about Howard and how he he's just a hammer, I think, that this team needs. And, you know, he's always been a guy, when you get around the goal line, inside the five, he's, he's always going move. forward. Yeah, he's going to more – I mean, he's got 37 career touchdowns, I think it is, on the ground, which is a really high number since entering the league, and I think it was 2016. So, you know, when he he didn't play much last year, and then he got hurt in the final six games in 2019 with the Eagles. So he's done it in, you know, a a relatively few number of games. So I don't think they would say goodbye to Jordan Howard. Listen, Boston Scott is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Um, you know, I think they're going to say goodbye to him, but I, I think they like what they have in Howard and I, I don't see that happening, John. I think, I think they like him on this roster. I think he plays the kind of style that Nick Sirianni wants. He's that, he's that, uh, Mac physical. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the the running Marlon Mack, you know, he's like that Marlon Mack type running back that Sirianni had in Indianapolis. So I, I think they like him. I think Scott and Gainwell are kind of the same player. Gainwell's probably a little quicker, like I said. So, you know, it could be Scott that sits. It's not going to be Howard. If it's Howard, you know, listen, I'll, uh, I don't know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll walk to the burn it game down. or I, I don't know. Burn it down. Yeah, uh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to make any promises, but I, it's Howard won't just be. Just don't at, pick up the Miami tape. Just if, don't pick it up. Jordan Howard is uh, the guy who's the odd man out. Ed Kratz will wear his non-washed <laughs> underwear on his head here on Birds 365. That will be the request we put out. Nobody uh, wants and, to see that, Jerry. Well, uh, you got to make it something substantial. Uh, by the way, I think there's a better chance of a Derek Barnett three-sack day on Sunday than Jordan Howard being the odd man out and being deactivated for the game. That's not going to happen. Howard, uh, I'll stand by my prediction of Howard will – get the most carries, more than Miles Sanders and or Boston Scott coming up on Sunday. All right, Ed, we assume with or without, uh, however, they're going to deploy the backs. It's not going to be an RPO Sunday for the Eagles. They've kind of put that one in their rearview mirror as well they should. Uh, and I'm not saying they won't run any, but it used to be the majority of their plays were RPOs. Um, that's not the case. The more standard NFL uh, setup is the way they've been going with, it, and it's been quite successful for them through the last three weeks against the Lions and the Broncos, and even pretty good offensively against the Chargers. Should we be critiquing the head coach because he was the one who decided this was the best way to get the most out of Jalen Hurts? That because Hurts has his scrambling abilities, that with the RPL, pull it back, take off, make a play. Uh, we can certainly agree that Jalen Hurts' production has been better since they put in the RPOs on the back burner. Should we be critiquing the coach? Because at the start of the season, he thought this was the best way to run his offense, uh, to try and make the most of his quarterback. <clears throat> there might have been some missed opportunities early in the season with the, you know, the stubbornness of sticking to that plan. But, you know, when you come in as a first year guy and it's probably the same in any job, you're, you're trying to figure out exactly, you know, what you have around you. 
um, how the operation is going to work, what it's going to look like. You're still figuring out your personnel, what you have. And, um, you know, it might have been he knew that they want to figure out what Jalen Hurts is. You know, there probably was some of that trickle down from the front offices. This season's going to be about Jalen Hurts. We need to know if he can be the guy. So, you know, it almost seemed like maybe to the extreme. And I know Nick Sirianni loves to say a wise man avoids all extremes, but I think as a wise man, he wasn't avoiding the extreme and he was really going extreme and using Jalen Hurts and um, trying to find out what he was. And maybe that was, like I said, the front office wanted to see what he was. And uh, they put a lot on his plate, did too much with him. And now you're seeing the evolution of an offense. You know, Nick Sirianni is learning what his players do. You'd like to say the same about Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm not sure you can, but <clears throat> I think that uh, Sirianni's figured out what this team is, what Hurts can be, and he's playing to it. His job is to win games, and now he's kind of figured out a formula to do it. Now, listen, we all talk about running the ball, and the Saints are very good. Obviously, it's stopping the run, number one in the league against the run. They came in with that ranking last year in the Lincoln Financial Field in December. <laughs> And the Eagles ran all over them. But, you know, I think you need to kind of surprise them. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Sanders and Howard on the field at the same time or Sanders and and Boston Scott in the slot. You know, you try to run that 21 personnel, whatever it is, with the two running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that, if you see kind of them trying to catch the Saints off guard, if you will, um, to maybe open up the, you know, the running game a little bit more because it's going to be a tough uh, defense to run against. And that's been the formula for success for the Eagles is to run the ball. But I think they need to try to maybe do something a little more creative to get them open. And having Sanders at your disposal will only help, I think, in becoming a little bit more creative. Now, let's let's say they can't run the ball effectively, Ed. I think they're going to try. They, they've certainly understood that that's how this offense gets effective. And you can't just throw up your hands and say, oh, Here's the big bad Saints. We can't run the football. They're certainly going to try. However, let's say they're not effective early. They're down two scores, like early in the season. What does Nick Sirianni do at that point? Is he involved to the point where he's not going to completely abandon the running game? Or is it going to be like those early games where he forgets about it, puts it in the hip pocket, it's Jalen Hurts trying to throw the football, trying to scramble all over the place. Well, I'd like to think that he's evolved and he'll try to stick with the run in some form format. But, you know, let's not forget they have Devontae Smith. You know, he's developing into a superstar wide receiver one right under our right under our noses here. Uh, you know, they could certainly do things with him. Now, you know, this Saints secondary, obviously with Malcolm Jenkins, uh, coming back to Philly, his la- last year didn't go so well for Malcolm. His team lost. Um, he's probably coming in with even more of an edge. And then, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best cornerbacks in this league. Um, and then I really like that rookie on the other side. And he was one of, you know, we talked about Javante Williams, the Denver Broncos running back, one of my favorite players in the draft. I, I really like Paulson Adebo coming out of Stanford, you know, a long corner, didn't have a real good final year in college, but talking to David Shaw about him, there were a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I, I like Paulson Adebo, and this kid's got two interceptions this season, and I, I think he's 
you know, he's pretty much under the radar as one of the top defensive rookies in this league. And this is going to be a tough defense to throw against too. So you're going to have to be able to keep running the ball. You're going to, because that will open up some play action stuff too. And that's what you're going to need to kind of beat this team. I think in the air is to keep them off balance. You know, you're going to have to come up under center and drop straight back and try to find Dallas Goddard. And as Jody mentioned earlier in the year, earlier in the show, it was good to see Dallas Goddard get out there yesterday with his helmet on and, and do some things in practice. He was listed as limited. That's a good sign, but he can't clear protocols until Saturday. So it'll probably be Saturday before we hear anything about him. But again, he's a big part of this passing game. We saw that before he got hurt last week, he played 13 snaps. He was targeted twice. Uh, So they're going to do some things in the passing game, but I think John, it all starts with the running game. You can't just abandon it. And I hope Nick's learned that, that this running game opens up things in the passing game too. So you, you have to stay with it no matter what the score is. If you're down, you know, 14 to three uh, in the second quarter, you, you have to still stick with it because that sets up other things later in the game. All right. If uh, we've got the right read on this, that the Eagles may have a tough time running the football, something that has become the heart and soul of their offense over the last month. When they play very good football, going to be very difficult against its same defense, maybe the best in the National Football League against the run. That means we may not see a lot of scoring drives. If the Saints are going to be without their two stud offensive tackles and are going to be going with backups, it may not lend itself to a lot of offensive scoring drives. What if this becomes a punter's game? Can Aaron Sipos win this game for the Philadelphia Eagles? It would be nice if it became a punter's game because Sippus is good and the Eagles have already played two games this year where the punter hasn't seen any action at all. So yeah. if the Eagles are forcing punts, that's a good thing. Uh, and if Yeah, the, but I got the Saints forcing punts too. So yeah, it's a I, matchup of the two punters. <laughs> will this be that type of a game where field position will decide it, special teams will be key? I know John's getting tired of me talking about Delonte Harris, but he's one of the best return men in the National yeah, Football League and has become a contributor on their offense with his ability to get uh, behind defenses over the top. Uh, that that might actually favor the Saints if it becomes a your punter against my punter type game. Well, let's not forget Jalen Rager. You know, I know people are down on him Can as we? a receiver. But but listen, this kid, you know, he took a 71-yard punt back against the Packers in Green Bay last oh, year. Sure. I mean, if, if you scheme him up, he, he can take the ball too. You know, if you're going to talk about Deontay Johnson being this, you know, you know, the Devin Hester of punt returners, then I don't think you can forget about Jalen Rager in the punt return game either. I mean, this kid's capable of going the distance. He's done it before. So, yeah, if this becomes a punting game, the Eagles are going to have to do better. I mean, they gave up a 19-yard return against the Broncos that set them up on the plus side of the field. Uh, you can't do that in this game. And Deontay Johnson's going to be dangerous. And like you said, Jody, even on against defenses, he can get you get by a defense, but can Trevor Simeon get him the ball? Will he have time enough to get him the ball? And if he does, can his arm make that throw? I mean, we'll see. Um, but, you know, I would like to see a punting game. I think it's going to be a low scoring. Well, game. I'm 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 going to say this, Ed. If it comes down to returners, the Saints are going to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Harris is uh, he's a big time returner. Um, you know, he's five six. He's like a, a sort of scat back, water bug, very fast type of guy. So he doesn't play a ton of reps at wide receiver. 
it's about 30%. So they can't put him out there much. But when he's out there, he's always running by people. One of the most disappointing parts to me about this Eagles offense is their inability to get that third player. They have Devontae Smith. We know Devontae Smith is 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 going to be a great receiver in this league for a long time. We now know Dallas Goddard is what Howie Roseman said he was when he traded Zach Ertz. There will be no discounts on Dallas Goddard. He's a really good player when he's out there. But who is going to be that number three guy? Quest Watkins is right now. Jalen Rager's an afterthought. To me, it's a are are is Jalen Rager even salvageable at this point? I don't know. Don't even want to talk about the return game as a receiver. Is he salvageable at this point, or does he need? Is he one of those guys who needs just uh, a new new scenery? No, I, I think he's salvageable. I don't want to give up on a uh, you know a guy you drafted in the first round. I, you know, he made a nice catch last week. Uh, you know, they only threw it to him one or two times. He's really not that involved in the game planning. So, you know, if you're looking for a third guy, Quez is probably the third guy. I, I know they may not have be taking advantage of his skill set, which is go deep. You haven't seen a lot of deep shots. And again, I'm still would like to see the Eagles open the game with a play action and chuck it deep to Quez Watkins on a, on a straight fly down the sideline. But um, yeah, I think if you're looking for a third guy, it's probably Quez at this point, but I'm not ready to say Jalen Rager's unsalvageable. I, I just don't think he's a big part of the game planning. Um, You know, he's more your third or fourth option. Um, They're using him in the run game. Um, but we haven't talked to him in a while, so I know he's pretty frustrated with his role. Uh, but, you know, I just think it's because the Eagles just aren't really game planning. They know what they have in Smith, and they know what they have in Goddard. Um, they like Quez, and now you're going to bring <clears throat> Miles Sanders back into the loop um, probably, and then he becomes a weapon. Uh, not so much maybe in the past game because his hands, you know, haven't been the sharpest in the last year and a half. But, uh, you know, he's another guy that – can offer you some explosion. So I just don't think Rager's part of the game plan. If you make him part of the game plan, maybe he could do a little bit more. Um, just haven't seen them try to exploit him at, or, you know, u- utilize him at all. If the first play of the game is a uh, play fake and uh, Quez is flying down the sidelines, gets by the defense, Malcolm, Ra- Malcolm Jenkins trailing him, not getting yeah. there in time. Yeah. It hits Quez's yeah. hands. Is he going to catch it or drop it? <laughs> well, he dropped it in Denver. That's I'm why I'm say, asking. Yeah, I'm going to say he's going to catch it. I All think right, he's going to catch it go, more Brad. often or not. Yeah. All right, Ed, let's catch. get you on record. SI.com backslash NFL backslash uh, Eagles. Uh, EagleMaven.com. Who's going to win this football game? Big one. If the Eagles can get the tie, they already have the tiebreaker on Atlanta. They got the tiebreaker on Carolina. Can they get the tiebreaker on another NFC South team and their first win at Lincoln financial field. Yeah, that's the big one. Can, and their first two game winning streak. Um, gosh, I mean, this is, this to me, I think is a game the Eagles can win. I really think they want to try to find a way to win at home. If they don't, wow. they're not going to have another opportunity until they come out of their buy. And it'll yeah. be a week before Christmas before they'll have another chance to win at home. So I, I really think, this is a kind of a golden opportunity for them to find a win at home. You're playing against a third string quarterback and Trevor, Trevor Simeon. 
You're going to have to find a way, obviously, to slow Alvin Kamara. He's their dangerous part of this offense. Uh, I like the way Jonathan Gannon adjusted in Denver. He played his back, uh, his cornerbacks up on the line. He brought his safeties up closer, knowing Teddy Bridgewater probably wasn't going to beat them over the top. So he played everything closer to the line. Soon as guys caught the ball in Denver, players, defenders were there to tackle them before they could get any yards after the catch. I think they're going to play a similar style. And I think the Eagles kind of have a game plan like they did against Denver. They're going to get after Simeon. They're going to play closer to the line. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit, but I also think they're going to get the ball to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I like the Eagles in this game. Uh, Low-scoring game, probably something along the lines of 21-17 to Eagles to win. Eddie Kratz on the Eagle bandwagon this week. EK, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll talk to you again next week. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. Have a great Thanks, Ed. You got it. That's Ed Kratz here with us on uh, Birds 365. Yeah, the one thing I got to disagree with that. He's going back to Green Bay of last year to yeah. accentuate Jalen Rager's yeah. returning ability. Well, got it. That you know, was September of last year. Ed, we're now in November of 2021. He's trying to be positive, I think. You know, Jalen is struggling. I think everybody sees that. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. I accuse you of being harsh on certain players. Um, He's still a very young player. But, you know, there's just times where – I'm, and I'm not saying we can't rescue his career somewhere else, but sometimes you just need that change of scenery. I think we're at that point with Jalen Rager's – from Jalen Rager's standpoint, I'm not even talking. The Eagles aren't using him. That's right. He's not even in the game plan. So w- what's the point at, at this stage? If if, if the guy's not going to be a, a, a part of the game plan, when you do get him the football in these manufactured uh, types of ways, it's unsuccessful. At some point, you say, what's the point? Yeah, see, I, I, I don't know that he's – not part of the game plan. Uh, and I, I want to talk about that with you when we come back here. Um, I saw Devonta Smith on the NFL Network yesterday, right before uh, we came on the air. He was on very early yesterday with them. And he mentioned about uh, the play that he caught the touchdown pass, went up, beat his former college teammate on it. He said they had already called that play three times in the game, that they had checked out of it twice prior to and then they finally got the defensive look that they wanted called the play boom he goes up and catches it touchdown that was early in the game are they checking out of plays that much am i not understanding what the well generally it's sort of modern nfl calls it's not the old school check that you're probably thinking of you're you, you you essentially call two plays in one and depending on how the defense lines up, the quarterback checks to the generally runner pass. You check to the runner pass. It's not, you know, you think of Dan Marino or Peyton Manning running Peyton Manning, the game the from, from the line of scrimmage, man. and they're completely changing. It's generally generally not that. It's more of you you bake in the two play calls and and you let the quarterback get to the line of scrimmage, see where either the Mike linebacker or the safety typically is the two players they'd be reading what, what they're looking at. And then they check to the, the hopefully proper play. 
Yeah, because if they uh, are running it and there is a uh, significant amount of uh, choice to be made, that's a lot to put on a basically rookie's plate. Yeah, yeah um, it's not. It, it's it, not. It's not. It's not that. It's it's generally the new breed of offense in the NFL, and that's how most teams do it now. Um, there's two play calls in one, and you see what how the defense lines up, and you check to the run or pass. But in the case of, you know, as the Eagles have kind of morphed from this RPO team to this more uh, play action trip, yeah. remember, they're not throwing the ball a lot. Now, they've had some success. And basically, two players are getting all the targets, and it's Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Now, Dallas got injured early in that game, so it was a little bit different. And when you get down to the third target is typically Quez Watkins and other players just aren't even getting targeted. Now, part of that is the success of the run game. They're running the football so much that will change at some point. It might change this week. We talked about the Saints run defense. It'll be interesting to see who they try to get involved because they haven't been trying to get involved. Look, I've talked to Nick Sirianni. I've seen his play sheet. And he talks about it all the time. You you have sections of plays for certain guys. In other words, there there comes a point in the game where you say, we need a big play. Number six has the biggest section on that play card. And then comes Dallas Goddard. And then it seems like the other players don't have big sections. Let's put it that way. Right, but you said you saw it. Uh, has he ever handed it to you, or have you just seen him wave it up from the podium when you're down there? Well, I've seen. Time? No, he's never handed it to me. I've seen him wave it up at the podium a hundred times, but right. I've seen it off to the side as well. Uh, but I've also talked to him about it, and he said it goes back to his college coach, his father. It, he 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 told the story about his college coach who went to see him out in in Indianapolis and said. Let me see your play sheet. And he still has incredible reverence for his uh, college coach. And he said, and he handed it to him. He said, okay, coach. Okay. And he handed it. He said, where's the plays for, I forget what T.Y. Hilton, what's T.Y. Hilton's numbers? You know, coaches. What's his number? I can't think of it off the hand. I got no idea. 80 yeah. something. I got no Well, yeah. You, some people are numbers, guys. I'm not a number. Yeah. Not but me. You, no. you know how coaches talk about it. They, yeah, when he talks about Devontae Smith, for instance, he says six, um, says 88 uh, for Dallas. Um, with T.Y. Hilton, he said, you know, where's the place for, for 11? Whatever, it's not Paris Campbell's 11. But you get the point. Where's the place for him? And he showed him the place. Here they are, coach. Here they are. Here. So when you have your star player, there are times you want to get him the football, and there's a little section on there that – uh, that where you have a bunch of plays for that particular player. And on the Eagles right now, Devontae Smith is that guy, which is pretty amazing considering he's a rookie player. But they know that he's their biggest playmaker by far. And then it's Dallas Goddard. And then it's Quez Watkins. And then it's, I don't know. To be it, determined. It, yeah. And that's not good when Jalen Rager came in here as a first-round pick. Oh, by the way, not in 2017, 
last year. You know, it's not, you know, this, it hasn't been good. Let's put it that way. Two things. Number one, T.Y. Hilton is number 13. Didn't know that one. 13. And number two, I always thought that was just coaches being lazy, that they couldn't remember their players' numbers, that they just got to refer to them by their number because damn if I can remember that kid's name. Yeah. All right, maybe I'm a little too skeptical. All right, Mac and Mac guys, we're going to take a quickie time out here. Come back, uh, give you more prep for the Eagles versus the Saints. We're still holding out hope that Mike Hoss, the play-by-play voice of the Saints, is going to join us next hour. We were hoping he joined us yesterday. Uh, I got a text to him, into him today saying, you're going to be good to go in about 20 minutes from now. We shall see. McMullen, McDonald, Mac and Mac, Birds 365. Stay with us. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Football Friday here on Birds 365. You got John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you leading up to the Saints and the Eagles on Sunday. I just got a text back. Mike Haas says he's going to join us. The play-by-play voice of the, ra- the, the Saints on the radio is scheduled to hop on here in about uh, 18, 19 minutes. So hopefully that's the case. Uh, so we get a little bit of a New Orleans perspective for this matchup coming up on Sunday. All right, J-Mac, I need you to uh, give us a little bit of a timeline, okay? Shoot. You found out yesterday that uh, any COVID concerns you had uh, were not necessary because whoever tested positive positive found out it was a false positive. So uh, you you, you didn't have to sweat running down and taking another test, right? Correct. That was a good thing. All right. uh, So uh, Mrs. McMullen, make your dinner last night? Uh, yes, yeah, she did. Okay, good. Uh, was good. Yeah. Okay, that's a good. Little to salmon. Hear. Little. Uh, Who? What? Uh, salmon. Salmon. Yeah. You a fish guy? Ah, uh, sure. Why not? Yeah, not me. Uh, I like tuna on toast with lots of mayonnaise. That's the extent of my fish eating. <laughs> um. All right. So after dinner, what do you do with your bad self? Uh, I watched, I was writing a little bit. I watched a little bit of the game and as typically I, I, man, that was a boring game. I tapped out, uh, probably 1130 ish pretty early. Okay. So you watch mostly, uh, Thursday night football, any fly guys No. Going to uh, shootout against Tampa, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. I'm not a hockey guy. Not Hockey's a hockey the guy. one sport I, uh, I, it's really difficult for me to get into for whatever, certainly in the regular season. Okay. It's tough. I'm, I'm it's tough for guy, me. So I watched some of the Flyers last night. Sixers and their five-game losing streak now going I to got, beat the I'm, Nuggets in Denver. I got a tough – now, I'm a big basketball guy, but I, I have a tough time. Um, look, they're covid destroyed right now so i have a tough time taking any of it seriously and and then you know it's just the when the nfl season is going on it's just it's tough to get into to other sports at Under, this stage. Un, understood you're i gotta i gotta watch them all i gotta know them all yeah you gotta, I got other yeah i gotta take care of um the reason why I asked both of those, or three or four of those questions, however many was, including salmon-related salmon, answers. Salmon. Um, did you get over to either HBO or HBO Max last night? Uh, was uh, was that Hard Knocks? Hard uh, Knocks made its debut last I night. I haven't. I had. I didn't and, see the the first episode yet, but uh, I am going to watch it. I got to catch up. Uh, there's so many things I got. To watch on Netflix and I'm way behind. That's all season stuff. In season, you're dead. You're dead in the water. You just don't have time. But I'll readily admit, I forgot. 
I completely forgot that it was on. Uh, I can use as an excuse. Oh, I was watching the Flyers. I was watching the Six. I was yeah. watching Thursday Night Football, which yeah. is all true. Yeah. But it wasn't like I said, oh, let me get back up. Can I watch 10 minutes? No, I completely forgot it was on. So I saw it on CBSSports.com this morning. Doing the official review for CBS? Jeff Kerr. Kerr. Yeah, that a boy. Yeah, checked it out and said. Uh, uh, what'd he say? It wasn't half bad. He said it made a star out of Jim Ursay and Darius Leonard. Uh, they talked a lot about girl dads because Carson Wentz, I guess, just had his second girl. Uh, yeah. Once again. Uh, so congratulations to Carson with that. But he said they didn't give you enough of the backstory of Carson and the breakup here in Philadelphia and him pushing as hard as he did to get reunited with Frank Reich. So he didn't, he didn't call Carson Wentz a winner in episode one. He did call Darius Landry. Well, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not saying anything. I'm sure Jeff did a great job with it, but do people really expect uh, at this stage that uh, hard knocks is going to cover controversial topics? They avoid that like the plague. Mm, yeah, I guess Jeff did think that there was a better chance that they were going to get some more out of that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a it's a PR vehicle at this stage. I'm <laughs> I'm surprised they don't, they, you know, they don't have the guys handed out Thanksgiving turkeys. It's and Thanksgiving let, let me time. ask a question about that because it it I'm sorry it makes no sense. Um, you need to produce the show from a content standpoint at a specific time because you can't do it on it would be a different show if they did it on sundays and you don't want to do it on monday so thursday is the optimum day for a little lead up to the game and after the game and look ahead to the next game and like so from that standpoint i get it you're gonna air it thursday against thursday night football does that make any sense? If no. it is being yeah. controlled by the National Football League and it's a promotional vehicle, you know, throw it up against Thursday Night Football. You get idiots like Jody McDonald completely forget that it's on because yeah. I'm watching Thursday Night Football. What are you doing? Well, that's one of the problems. And, you know, I say it all the time. You and I are pro wrestling guys. I don't want to go down that way. Thursday's good night. Yeah, no wrestling. But 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 uh that's the only upside to put yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. on Thursday. But but you know they have things where they have like shows against pay-per-views and, and when you have too much product and that's where I say the NFL's got to slow it down a little bit. And I don't like Thursday night football to begin with. But you know when you keep adding stuff and adding stuff, yeah, then you're gonna start competing against yourself and it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm with you there. I leave the people wanting a little bit more. We didn't look when they made this um, announcement. You might remember Jody when they said there's going to be an, an announcement about hard knocks. I was hoping I had my fingers crossed that they canceled the show. Yeah. You were thinking, it, yeah, it's not nearly as compelling because of what I said with, you know, they're not going to cover anything meaningful. Um, so I was like, all right, let's, it's done. It's jumped the shark. It's run its course. Let's just move on. And no, they said, we're going to do an in-season one. I mean, yeah, you know, it's all about, we know it's all about the big box and HBO is paying them and all right, we'll give you something in, in-house. And everybody wants the NFL. I saw this week, 48, 48, Jody, of the top 50 TV shows since the beginning of the new season, NFL games. NFL games. 
48 of 50. And I will say this. Um, I've, I've noted this here on Birds 365 and elsewhere where I work. And I gave the NFL some credit, which I think they deserved, but it has certainly leveled off. The primetime games, which are, of course, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, um, they had been tremendously competitive that like almost every single game came down to the last three minutes of the game. Team down by one score, got their hands on the ball, can go ahead with a touchdown. It was just game after game after game after game. And I talked to, I think it was uh, Richard Deitch from um, The Athletic, their media critic guy, I think I had him on as a guest. He said the NFL had told him they specifically scheduled quality games for the beginning of the year, usually oh, you're safe to the end of the year, whatever. They they were motivated to get off to a really good start. So they had quality teams and what they thought were really good competitive matchups at the beginning of the year. They said that to Richard before the season ever started. And then it played itself out exactly that way. I said, damn, that's why they're the NFL. That's why they're the big dog. That's why they make all the money. The last couple of primetime games have been woeful stinkers like nine yeah you you can out at halftime don't even sweat about going back to it that one's not going to get close so there is a little luck involved in there's a there's a lot of luck i mean we talk about these games all the time and you know there's there's a reason why i don't gamble (laughs) on football um you know we saw you don't have to go very far to denver upsetting Dallas and Dallas, um, you know, and they waxed the the Cowboys who looked like a Super Bowl contender before that. Um, nobody knows how these games are going to, to unfold other than, you know, you know, you have some compelling aspects with teams with high profile quarterbacks and, you know, Tampa Bay and Green Bay are going to be competitive they're not getting blown out generally. Although, even though the Packers, week one, uh, you go all the way back to week one, I think it was the Saints who who blew out the Packers. And everybody was saying, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is done with Green Bay. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna tank the season. He wants out of there so bad. And all of a sudden it's win, 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 win. You know. Um, so you know, good teams, you know, good teams, good quarterbacks, they're generally going to be competitive and compelling so from that standpoint you can you can pick out some winners but there's always those games where you go what the heck happened there right and it like even if you thought you knew it was going to happen it doesn't always play that way uh last night's game stinker uh monday night's game i i actually told Zach Gale, my partner on CBS Sports Radio on Sundays, uh, that I thought the 49ers could beat the Rams. 31 to 10? No, I didn't know that. I didn't get mm-hmm. nervy enough on CBS to go, oh, by the way, yeah, the Niners going to beat them by three touchdowns. Not a chance, but that game was a stone cold. Well, I th- even last night, I think there was some outrageous number. They put it up there. I, d- I thought it was 265 that uh, since Atlanta had been shut out at home, uh, that's a lot of games. I don't know if that's correct, but they, it's been a long time uh, since they've been shut out at home. What was that? 25 nothing. I tapped out at the yeah, end. Yeah, 25 nothing was the final. Um, um, three different that... uh, three different players had interceptions in one game. 
uh, Matt Ryan, Josh Rosen came in. I forget the third one. Josh um, Rosen. Yeah, that's a yeah, player. That's yeah. one that I got right. People were talking him up. It should be the first overall pick. Of the and draft. here's the thing. You know, I hear it from Patriots fans now all the time. Oh, Bill Belichick's got his quarterback for the next 15 years. Uh, I'm like, look, Mac Jones is doing a nice job as a rookie quarterback. And they're clearly very happy and very excited. But man, it's not just Philadelphia. Every everybody's got to make these grandiose statements yes. after oh, every yeah. game. Oh, the answer is here. Jalen Hurts is the answer after Denver. He's the worst quarterback in the history of mankind. Just let it play out. Yeah, you can't make uh, long term decisions on short term results, but people feel the need to do that. Um, so uh, that doesn't add up to me. Uh, but last night's game was a snoozer, and I'm sorry that I missed. Uh, hard knock. I'm going to watch it today. That's the beauty of it being on HBO. You don't even have to remember the to Sixers record it. Sixers got a big win, though. Big Who's win. That? Sixers. Sixers, yeah. Sixers played well last night. Um, I thought Tobias had a big game, but um, they needed it because they had lost five games in a row. And Denver's a pretty damn good team to uh, to get right against. They continue on a West Coast road trip, so I, I expect them to come back below 500 by the time they get back because yeah. Embiid and Embiid's been out for damn close to 10 days. I guess he got hit by the COVID. It wasn't just a um, yeah, positive yeah. but felt fine kind of thing. No, that uh, he's actually been uh, under the weather and, and feeling. And we had a little bit scared. This is going on. I think there were four false positives in um, one team had four false positives this week. I forget who. Um, the numbers are spiking all over the place. The NFL has uh, ramped up the protocols over Thanksgiving because they know people are going home with their families and all that sure. kind of stuff. These, I, I mean, Sixers are a perfect example in the NBA. They were the number one seed. Not that it matters at this stage. Um, it's so early in the season. They lose, you know, their star player. And they were out of the playoffs. They're back in it. Again, it doesn't matter. But you get my point. How right. drastically. They, they were eight and two. You blinked. Yeah. They were eight and seven. They lost yeah. five games in a row. You, you're so, you lose the 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 wrong player um, to this for, an ex, you know, it could be two games in the NFL because that's a significant part of the NFL schedule. Man, it just blows everything out of whack. It's it's depressing from that standpoint. It does, but uh, as a, a sport, as a uh, society, as a fan, but whatever you want to call it, we haven't beaten the pe- pandemic yet. We've we've knocked it backwards. We've put ourselves in a better position. We've been able to get back with some of our life as we used to know. It's not done yet, and those who uh, are saying that it is or act like it is can actually get themselves. In a bad spot. All right. Uh, Mac and Mac guys here. McMullen and McDonald. Uh, we are scheduled. Now, we were scheduled yesterday. Uh, I got more faith today than I did yesterday. <laughs> Mike Haas, who is the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, scheduled to join us next. We give you the Eagle perspective. Mike's going to hopefully give us a good Saints perspective to the matchups between New Orleans and Philadelphia coming up on Sunday. So keep it here on Birds 365. Mike Hoss, play-by-play guy of this game. Saints, scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365.
Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Magamac guys here on Birds 365. We've got a big showdown coming up on Sunday between the Saints and the Eagles. We've been giving you a Philly perspective. We need a New Orleans perspective on this matchup. And for that, we bring in the play-by-play voice of the Saints on the radio side, uh, WWL down there in New Orleans. Uh, Mike Hoss, good enough to give us a couple minutes of his time here on Birds 365. How are you this morning, Mike? I'm fine. How are you guys? Good to be here. Very Uh, good. Yeah, very good. Good to have you, Mike. Let's start off. Let's dive right into it. Uh, there's some significant injury concerns with the Saints. I think it starts with the offense, Alvin Kamara, who practiced Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Then you have your two starting uh, tackles, who I think are the best duo in the league when they're healthy, and Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramsick. They have not been able to practice. Any feeling on whether those guys uh, so impactful to the Saints are going to be able to go on Sunday? 
Yeah, I would say this is clearly the most important Friday injury report that this team has had all season, clearly. The Saints this week started with six guys on the list. They increased. They, they went to seven. They went up during the week, whereas the Eagles you know, were in pretty good shape. Everybody was yeah. limited or full yesterday. Yeah. Um, so you're right. And you're, there's actually one more starter on the offensive line missing, Andres Pete. So the Saints could start off this game without three of the five offensive starters on the offensive line. And then without Alvin Kamara for the second game, enormously difficult. If it happens, don't know, we'll know more today. But also without Taysom Hill, who had a foot injury that we don't know a lot about. Coach Payton didn't talk yesterday. So let's assume for the worst, Trevor Simeon starts, but he gets hurt. So normally oh. this would be Taysom Hill. He's the backup. Yeah. But if he doesn't play, the third string emergency quarterback is Ian Book, who would then come Ian in the game. Book. He's been yeah. active. The yeah. Notre Dame fourth-round pick, never taking a snap. He would be the quarterback. The then emergency quarterback is normally Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, that's the worst-case scenario because yeah. yeah. would, I wouldn't know – who would be the quarterback after Alvin? <laughs> I believe it would be Ty Montgomery if Alvin doesn't play. And Ty Montgomery is on the injured list. Yeah, he's right. Too. And he yeah. his, his, he he dislocated a finger in Tennessee. I, I he would be the biggest surprise if he played. But you know who who knows? So you I, you're you're right. If, in this situation, it begins with the injuries and you know offense, and, and because that's where the, the the issues for this team lie right now. And I got bad news for you. I just read yesterday that uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, Drew Brees is going to be calling the game with uh, Mike Tirico. So he's kind of getting busy for his next assignment, which is a big uh, color analyst. So he's not coming in, like Rick (laughs) Pitino used to say. You're not getting Parrish Bird McHale coming through that door. You're not getting Drew Brees coming through that door down there in New Orleans, are you? Well, we're having a big celebration for him at halftime. Let's see what the (laughs) score is. You know, we haven't retired the jersey or anything. It's, you know, the door's still open as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, Mike uh, it, it, it's, it is interesting, though, because this era of Saints football, which is obviously the best, I think people look at Sean Payton and say, you know, this might be the best play caller of his generation. Drew Brees, we just mentioned, future Hall of Fame quarterback. It was always offense, offense, offense. Now it's the defense that is carrying this team what is what has that transition been like for the people of New Orleans, this particular team? It's been tough just because we're not used to it, right? We're not I'm not talking about the defense. The defense yeah. has actually played pretty well the last three years under, you know, Dennis Allen. Their numbers have been really good, but when you've got Drew and that offense, they get overshadowed. So the defense has been pretty good for a while. The when you look at like the the, the stats, you know, the Saints are an offense, right? 31st yards per game, 31st explosive plays, 26, you know, in yards per game total. It's like we're not used to any of that stuff, 24 points a game. And so it's been a, a tough transition because it's only been nine games. And in that nine games, they've lost the backup quarterback to Drew, Jameis Winston. And right now the backup to the backup is out. And so, when they were five and two, 
after beating Tam- after beating Tampa Bay at home after the bye week, everybody felt good. Uh, Trevor Simeon played played well against Tampa, and quite frankly, Trevor Simeon is not the issue. You know, he's completing about fifty eight percent of his passes, but most of those are drops by the receivers or tight ends. Got five touchdowns, zero interceptions. When he's He's kind of doing what, what, what Sean Payton wants him to do, what Tr- Teddy Bridgewater did when he came into the game and Drew got hurt. Just run the system. You don't got to win the game. Just don't lose it. But they've just kind of shot themselves in the foot, offensive penalties, can't get turnovers. And so the last two losses can't make extra points. They've missed five extra points this year. And so it's just – it's been difficult of a transition. We knew it was going to be hard. You can't go from Drew to anybody expect anything good but this has been enormously difficult from a hurricane to living in dallas to to everything not not much has gone right for this team all right we're talking to our buddy mike cuss play-by-play voice on the radio of the saints uh here with some birds 365 you mentioned big plays Balvin Kamara is out of the game. You're gonna miss out on his big plays you missed out on michael thomas's big plays all year i've been talking up deontay harris this week uh, the outstanding Pro Bowl return man who's been forced to be used from the line of scrimmage. And he's made some big catches for him, down-the-field type catches. Little guy at only five foot six. How big a part is he of the Saints offense? How big a part will he need to be if Kamara can't go on Sunday? Well, he's going to have to have a monster game, uh, re- you know, returning kicks and punts. And offensively, they're going to have to find a way to get him in space. But I will say this. He's not forced at this juncture to be in the receiving core. He had by far the best training camp of all the receivers. He runs great routes. He's got speed. Yes, he's small, but he's not there out of desperation. He's there because he's the best player right now on this team as far as big plays. So that part, but he's, you know, it's like anything else. When you've got one guy to shut down, it, it makes it much easier if there's no Camara, And so somebody else is going to, if it's not Deontay and Deontay's a guy, they're going to have to get in space. They're going to have to throw wide receiver screens, you know, options, different types of things to get him into some space. Because right now he's their He's their only deep threat. Who's kind of caught the Saints have had 21 explosive plays, 21 passes of 20 yards or more, three runs of 20 yards or more. It's just they, this team is not efficient enough to go down the field 75 yards all the time. They're going to need some big plays. They, they can't afford not to have some big plays this week. Uh, let's shift to the defensive side of the ball, Mike. So uh, the, the Saints come in the number one ranked run defense. The Eagles have been running the football very effectively, uh, over 200 yards two of the past three games, about 180 uh, over the three games. Something's got to give. A lot of times when you talk about run defense versus pass defense, it's, well, it's easy to pass against this team, but the Saints have a very talented secondary. Why why have the Saints been so good stuffing the run? Can you put your your finger on one thing? Not one thing, but I think it's a little bit of both. I think teams have been able to throw successfully – against this team, but they've, they, so is it, what comes first chicken or the egg? Did the yeah. Saints stop the run? So they went to the throw. The Saints have been pretty good against the run. Again, the last couple two, three years, it has, this didn't come out of nowhere. Remember they had a 55 game streak 
of no back over 100 yards, 55 games until you guys got two uh, in the t- December game of last year. So that didn't just happen. If you, you know, 55 games, you were pretty good run defense uh, at that point. The biggest question I have is can they stop Jalen Hurts in the read option? I've watched a lot. Quite frankly, the Eagles had a very good chance of beating the Chargers. This team should have won their last three games. Yeah, it would have finally gotten a home win and gotten that out of the way. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know that they're doing anything more efficiently than the read option. I wouldn't, I mean, because it opens up their running game with Howard, and now they're going to get Miles Sanders back probably. Boston Scott, uh, you know, I just feel like wow. I mean, and him running the ball just in and of itself, and he's he's just when they're when they when they do it right, and the Saints faced it with the Giants, who's certainly not as good as the Eagles with the read option. It's very, it's very difficult to defend. And when, and right now they're doing it better than anybody I can see. And that all that does is open up Devontae Smith, right. And you're, yeah. and you're receiving core. So I've been watching and reading and watching and reading. And I, I would put Jalen under center and do a straight drop back, maybe three times a game, just to prove that you, you know, not going to run read option every play. But other oh. than that, I'd run read option. Mike, they're they, doing they, so well. They kind of put the read option on the side the last couple of weeks and ran just uh, steady NFL offense and are using yeah, less RPO since they've right. been successful running the football. Um, and I don't expect them to change. Miles Sanders gets back into the the mix. We'll see how the carries are dispersed between the three backs that they've had. But uh, I think they're going to go standard running against you guys. But you brought up that giant game, and I brought up the Falcon game earlier. Saints have some very impressive wins this year, but they also have some head-scratching losses. I don't think the Falcons are all that good, and I don't think the Giants are all that good. So it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde squad. Is there a tip-off for you? You're sitting there, you're calling the game, you watch the fourth quarter, maybe even the first half. Has it been a, yeah, this is a Saints game. We're doing everything right. We're going to win this game in the second half, or uh uh-oh. This is a Saints game. This is not good. The other team is doing this, that, and the other thing against us. Have you been able to pick out something as the game's being played and go, all right, this is a good Saints game as compared to this is a bad Saints game? Yeah, it's been pretty easy, especially in those two games. And then the last – the Giants game and the Falcons game. In the Giants game, the Saints, six of their first seven drives got into Giant territory. Six of their first seven scored zip. Zero. Get so out. Whoa, 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 whoa. You need to repeat that. Six out of six seven of fir- drives into the opponent's territory, and you didn't right. get any points? No. I Holy didn't get it. I didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. And so they missed Sorry it. They went for it on fourth and one, <laughs> and they missed a field goal. Uh, Alder Grossos. And so they, and so all of a sudden, the Giants, who were, probably had no momentum or confidence but hey man we're in this game and so they you gave that other team confidence same thing with the falcons the saints in that first half ran the ball well drove it well and just couldn't get any points and so thus in the last two games and the giants game the last two games the saints have been down double digit points in the fourth quarter they end up losing both games by two they're 0 for three in two point conversions they missed two extra points last week yeah. But this team is not built to come back from double-digit points in the fourth quarter. They have come back to make it interesting. But, yeah, I, I can tell early on when the Saints move the ball offensively and do things well and they do the penalties 
or a fourth down where they don't make it or a turnover or something happens. And it, when it should be 14, nothing saints and put the game away in the first half, it's not. And then you, you fall behind, you give it, you, you, you know, we say you let a team hang around. They're going to, you know, the saints don't let a team hang around. They let a team go up double digits. You can't have that. So I, I can tell early on typically how this game's going to go. What what kicker are they on? Number three, right? Right, uh, Mike? It's, is is yeah, Brian Johnson count, still the kicker? Brian Johnson is still – but they also signed Brett Maher to the practice squad. Brian Johnson, we had Kobe Parkey, who was – by the way, he's like your top scorer for what, the 24 – he's got like all these records, right? In 2014 was when he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. He, he came he for us, here. you know, yeah. and he hit the upright, I think, three times. He was, you know, that was his problem in Chicago. So Rosas, Kobe Parkey, Maher we had for a while, Aldrick Rosas, and, and Brian Johnson. Wow. So Brian Johnson made, has made his field goals. And ironically, six of his first – or seven of his first seven field goals, all seven of them, have been right around extra point range. Right, except yeah. the one fifty-two yarder. Everything else has been around 33, 20 to thirty-five. And then he misses two extra points, but that's where he's been making. He's made his field goals. He just can't make the extra points. He makes those two <laughs> extra points. That game's tied. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really know who's going to be the kicker. I know they got Maher. Maher kicked for him. Let's put it this way: This is all you have to know from the Saints kicking. The Saints had two kickers get injured in pregame. Two. <laughs> Like I've never heard of that happening once. We had two guys get injured their groin in the pregame warmup. So that's I tough. That, it's tough yeah. to overcome. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you don't have a lot of depth, obviously, on the game day roster when it comes to kicker. I want to talk again. I got to talk about our old friend Malcolm Jenkins, who was such a big part of the Eagles for so long. And I remember back in the day when he left the Saints the first time, Sean Payton said. Um, this, this is the one guy I, I, I think we've made a mistake letting get out of the building. What, what is he meant for the saints, uh, since he's been back and still playing at a, an effective level? Yeah. You know, I would have to go back and look at the stats, but he's one of those guys who plays hundred percent of the snaps. This yeah. is 13th year, right? Oh, 13th yeah. year. Uh, he's got a sack. He's got a pick six. His pick six against New England, you know, it's, it's about when you play teams. We played New England early. Mac Jones was still kind of, you know, through a pick six, opening up the third quarter. Malcolm scored. So he's, you know, he's a vocal leader, as we know, but he's just been a solid player. This team had 11 interceptions in the first seven games. And, and they've been, their secondary has been strong. P.J. Williams, Lattimore, but Malcolm is just there. Five pass defense, 53 tackles. He's somebody you can count on. This defense, again, this of all the issues this team has defensively, other than maybe giving up the big the chunk plays, uh, has been stout. But he's he, he's he's a force. I mean, he's amazing uh, in his 13th year uh, to be doing what he's doing. Plays a lot. Doesn't doesn't get hurt. Um, very steady. Mike, I want to stay in the uh, same secondary. Uh, the last couple of weeks, the Eagles have had uh, breakout games by Devonta Smith. We believe he's going to be a star receiver in this league for a decade to come. 
But after that, the pickings have been slim. The Eagles are running the ball effectively enough, so I haven't had to throw it much. But uh, the Jalen Rakers, the Quez Watkins, uh, have just not been up to expectation. Dallas Goddard went down with an injury early last week, and the reserves at tight end, all, both are young guys with lots of question marks attached. If the Saints decide we just can't let Devontae Smith beat us and we'll dare everybody else in the Eagle passing game to do that, Lattimore cover him all over the field? Does he travel with him side to side? Uh, are they the type of team that will give double coverage to a wide receiver? How are the Saints going to defend Devonta Smith? They'll put Lattimore on him the whole time. Stay with him. Shadow him. That's what I expect just because you can't – first of all, I think the Eagles are going to run the ball to open up Devontae. So it starts with stopping the run initially. but then And then man, I think man – Again, you know, I saw what I looked like was a ton of read option in the Denver game, and if you're gonna do, if you're gonna try to beat the read option, you you stay man, you make it harder on the quarterback. So I think the Saints will play more man, and I think that Lattimore will, you know, stay on Devontae. And that's when he's been best. He's best when he gets challenged, and and you know, he played great in Seattle. Had six passes defense in, in the week before that uh, against Washington. I just feel like that's that's this team's best chance. It's got to be a low scoring game, right? It's got to yeah. be a low scoring game. Yeah. Both teams are good offensively in the red zone. Both very good, six and seven offensively in the red zone. The Saints are also very good defensively in the red zone. For the Saints to win, there's got to be field goals for. For the Eagles and touchdowns for the Saints, if not, and it's going to be it's going to be close, no matter what I believe. But yeah, it'll be it'll be Lattimore against Devontae. The problem is Devontae's so quiet; he's not going to get in Lattimore's face. Lattimore actually does better when you get in his face and it becomes <laughs> personal, you know. And Devontae's not going to do that at all. So, you know, Lattimore's going to be wanting some of that, and so we'll see. But yeah, yeah, Devontae's he lives forty five miles I'm, from where I'm. Amite City, yeah. Austin Scott, yeah. Amite, sorry, yeah. Louisiana's got a few tricky ones, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the Saints of Boston go off of waivers? Yeah, yeah. Baton Rouge kid too, I think. Yeah, right outside. Amite's outside of Baton Rouge. Yeah, Boston is from Baton Rouge. Yeah, Zachary, right? Zachary went to Louisiana Tech. Yeah. I, you mentioned Jalen Hurts a couple of times, Mike, and he's a very unique player. I mean, there's not a lot of players like like Jalen Hurts and the dual threat he brings. It's a little bit different than Lamar Jackson because he's more of a powerful yeah. runner. It's not just the, the the tremendous athleticism. What what is Dennis Allen? Has he said anything about how how you try to defend, how you try to corral him, what you want to force him to do? Is it the old mentality, you want to keep them in the pocket. You want to force them to throw the football. Kind of how are they going to handle all the off-schedule stuff, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think you got to be disciplined. I think the first rule of thumb from Dennis has talked about this is that you got to be disciplined on the outside because that's what Jalen's reading. He's reading the defensive end. So you've got to be disciplined on the outside to keep him contained so that, may, that either he doesn't hand it off, keeps it, going to throw so you've got to be really disciplined early on you can't come hard or he will it'll be bad 
if you you know you come hard and you got to shut down some of the middle lanes, try to knock down some passes, and then you've got to get some some tackles for losses. If you can get some tackles for losses early, and and put them back on their heels a little bit, I just feel like they've been throwing the ball after they've run it for a hundred, you know, and so. But he's also, you know, he's got he leads a team in rushing by. Like 200, he's got five 547 yards, uh, two, 247 more than the next back. Now, Miles Sanders missed three games. Uh, he just, I think the, the difference in Jalen now, remember we were the first team he started against last year, is that he will go more through his progressions than he did before, where it was one, pull it down, run. Now he'll one, two, start to run, get close to the line even before. I mean, he's really looking at sometimes to get rid of it, but he still will run obviously with, you know, as many attempts as, as he has 97 running attempts, but I just feel like he's matured enough just in that one year that it's not just one progression and, and take off. And, you know, that's the, this is the problem I have. I spend most of my Wednesday and Thursday completely on the other team. So all I have done for the last two days is watched you guys. And I'm like, wow, Devontae Smith. And I assume Dallas uh, Goddard is going to go, right? I mean, he's limited. Yeah. I mean, that's the quickest recovery from a concussion I've ever seen. Yeah. Saturday, the earliest you can get through the concussion protocol protocol is Saturday. So, but he is, anytime you're on the practice field this early, it's a good sign. Right. Limited, limited yesterday. So, you know, I watched so much of your team the last three games. I'm just like, wow, they are really – this is not the team that that was one and four early or the team that played some of the best teams in the NFL early, Dallas and Kansas City and the Chargers. And so this one, they all worry me. And so this one – and it's such an important game for the Saints that, you know, five and four lost two straight after this game, they get – Buffalo at home and Dallas at home on Thursday nighters, Thanksgiving. So you get Buffalo on basically three days. They'll yeah. get back late Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Buffalo's Thursday. That'll yeah. be a lot of fun. That is a tough schedule. All right. Last yeah. one for me, Mike. And we thank you much for hopping on board. Um, knowing that the Saints might be playing behind a patchwork offensive line, not going to know for sure until Sunday, but uh, the injury report says it's at least a possibility. Um, if it is a hard-hitting, low-scoring game, can Mark Ingram turn back the clock behind a uh, reserve-filled offensive line and just drive his way to a decent game, keep the ball out of the Eagles' hands? Ingram reacquired three weeks ago, had a pretty good game last week, including a couple catches out of the backfield. He's not Alvin Kamara, but seems to be happy to back in New Orleans. What do you see out of Ingram? How big a player do you think he is on Sunday? He's huge. He's huge because he's kind of – he's. Uh, that's the first question that you ask when you bring somebody in. We brought in Devontae Freeman in the offseason, and you can kind of tell early on, didn't feel like he had the wheels. Mark runs with emotion, a ton of emotion, and runs with anger a lot of times. And you're right, he's been very – he's just good overall. He's a good blocker. He can stay back and block, you know, uh, catching any blitz. Although the Eagles don't blitz much. But catching the ball out of the backfield and just running three, four, five yards 
do you know just so this team for the most part against Tennessee the Saints were at one point in the third quarter late third quarter the Saints were averaging third and 14.6 that's not anybody's team's strength and so this team's offense is built on third and four third and three third and one so Mark's a big part of that where they can get a you know get three four yards on first down get two or three on second down and then catch the ball out of the backfield so he's been I, – I think he's by by far still got his wheels. Uh, and he proved that because he was really the only guy that Tennessee was worried about on, on Sunday. And he's still got – I mean, they still played well offensively, catching the ball and running the ball. So he'll be a big part. He and Deontay are going to be, you know, the X factors on Sunday. They're going to have to have uh, big games. Last one for me, Mike, is uh, Sean Payton. That is a, a borderline Hall of Fame coach. By the way, got a start in the NFL here in Philadelphia as the quarterback's coach of mm-hmm. the Eagles way back when um, against a rookie head coach. Is this one where, you know, Sean Payton's got something up his sleeve to maybe take advantage of the guy who's still learning on the job, or is it just just about talent? Man, I think it's about talent. I don't, if Sean had some – you know, we we thought that as well, and he's done a great job. I mean, this team is five and two with this, you know, with a lot of issues, and so. But he's there's there's not been I can't think of any. They they ran a flea flicker against Tennessee that was kind of <laughs> botched. I wasn't yeah. even sure what it was. I'm like, wait, did he just give the ball back to Trevor? So they've not really done a lot of gadget plays because I don't think they have kind of the people right now that they want to do it. They're not really lining up mono and mono and saying we're gonna line up and, and beat you like that they're, they're they're smart but we haven't seen a lot of surprise fake punts you know anything kind of out of the norm sorry my dog was walking in um <laughs> and so he's he's done a to me he's done a great job to have this team at five and four and i i just haven't seen it yet if, if it's if it if it's there it's going to be deontay because he's got he's got the speed to do it the biggest question for the Saints is can somebody catch the football? Can the tight ends because that's if the Eagles have struggled, I would say struggled. If the Eagles defense, if there's an opening anywhere in their defense, it's at the tight it's at the tight end position. Meaning in the last three games, the tight ends have, have all caught, you know, roughly in a group, 10 passes. Uh, I think in Detroit, the leading receiver was a tight end. Sure. Just because they can find areas in that defense of the Eagles and, and just catch passes. Problem is Saints haven't been catching them. They've been dropping them. So I don't, I, I, I don't think we'll see a ton of gadget plays because if I'm the Eagles, that's the one thing I expect. That's the one thing I'm prepared for because look at who, if we're done or out with so many players, I'd be going, all right, we're going to be prepared for any kind of gadget play. We'll hang back a little bit, play a little softer to prepare ourselves for the gadget because the Saints haven't been really doing that well without the gadget. So I'd, I'd be surprised if we see a lot. But Sean always surprises me. So Yeah, he's, that's why, <laughs> as John put it, he's a potential Hall of Fame coach. He would have got up his sleeve on Sunday. Mike, great stuff. We really do appreciate you coming on. Have a safe flight up here. Have a good time. We're in Philly. We'll find out how good the time is about 420, I guess. Because you think that's right. game look, will, it'll be that late before it's decided. Uh, look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll see you around up in uh, the Commonwealth on Sunday. There you go. That's my cost, the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints here with us on Birds. 
365. All right, it's all over, but for the shouting. What was Ed Kratz's score earlier, Johnny? What did he go with? Uh, he went low scoring. I think it was 2017 something. 20 yeah, to 17, exactly right. You got a better memory than me. Uh, Ed Kratz gave you Eagles 20 to 17. We'll find out what John McMullen and Jody McDonald give you as far as predictions go for the Saints Eagles coming up on Sunday. Stay right here on Birds 365. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... Could say that. All right, we're in late in the fourth quarter on a football Friday. Excuse me, here on Birds 365, we're all choked up about the game, and they haven't even kicked off yet. Uh, McDonald and McDonald. Getting excited. Here. Getting excited after hearing Mike Haas talk about that uh, game. Well, I'm getting excited because it's a football Friday. Uh, I uh, glanced over at phillyvoice.com earlier today, before the show started today, and man, are your compatriots on the bandwagon. 
Kemsky's got the Eagles winning. Evan Macy's got the Eagles winning. Matt Mullen's got the Eagles winning. My guy, Kyle Newbeck, who's now doing some football for you guys, and he is the one of the best uh, Eagles, uh, excuse me, section beat writers here in town. He's got the Eagles winning. Our boy Joe Santa Laquito's got the Eagles winning. Aton Chander is the only guy who's picking the Saints this week. Mr. Middle here on Jacob Media, but uh, also does some work for Philly Voice. And John McMullen. He's been leaning toward the Eagles all week. You have went official on print. Do you want to share with the Birds 365 listeners exactly how you see this one breaking down? Yeah, the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, and and you just kind of heard why uh, with Mike Haas. I, you know, when Alvin Kamara got hurt, they said two games. This would be the second game. So even if he plays, uh, he's not going to be Alvin Kamara. I've talked about the offensive line. Uh, you remember a lot of those guys you didn't met, you mentioned they didn't pick the Eagles in Denver. I picked the Eagles in Denver. The reason uh, the we, reason we, 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 we picked the Eagles in Denver. Yeah. The reason I picked the Eagles in Denver was because they were missing their tackles. Um, it looks like the Saints are gonna be missing at least one, maybe two of their tackles. And you kind of heard it from Mike Haas. They're not capable of scoring a lot of points. I think Jalen Hurts is going to make a play somewhere in this game, somewhere late. I don't think the Eagles are going to blow out the Saints, but it's going to be low scoring. I think Ed had that right. A little bit more, I think I had. Ed's probably closer than me. I think I had 24-20. I'm going to stick with that. Eagles win this game 24-20. to All right. Uh, yes, you correctly uh, predict the Eagles to beat the Broncos last week, as did I. Um, and, oh, by the way, I was night. ripping those guys, not you, Jody. All okay. those guys, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles on the bandwagon. They, they were like, oh, they can't beat the Broncos. They, you got to pay attention to who's playing for the Broncos. They, now, they, maybe if Alexander Johnson was out there and Josie Jewell was out there and Garrett uh, Bowles was out there, I might have had a different prediction, but they weren't. So there you go. And those guys did the flop thing. Now they're back on the Eagles bandwagon. I hear that. Um let me go on record as saying this. I said this either yesterday or the day before. Uh, it bears repeating. In the NFC East this weekend, the Washington football team going down to Carolina, all jazzed up, pumped up about the return of Cam. I'm buying into it. I think it's going to work for them. I think they're going to beat the Washington football team. The Giants are playing Tampa after two consecutive losses. Yeah, I don't like I, that one. Ooh. How do you think that Brady guy is going to handle losing two straight games? I think the Giants go down in flames. The Dallas Cowboys, who some people are putting on the level of going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year, I just haven't seen that. They play in Kansas City this week, and the Chiefs have gotten back on uh, track offensively, and they've actually improved. The last two weeks defensively, I think the Cowboys are going down by double digits on Sunday night or the late uh, late national game uh, Sunday afternoon. So I think the other three members of the NFC East are all losing this week, as are the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I, I think that the wow. NFC East takes the I'm over. I'm very surprised, to be over honest. Over this Especially week. Especially after Mike came on. I thought you would... Ten, I thought that would ship you a little bit. 
They have a lot of issues right now, the Saints. They have potential issues. We'll find out on Sunday how many of these guys are or aren't going to actually play. They right now don't look good, but every once in a while you get a surprise and a guy shows up. And he's I don't think tomorrow might Sunday. play, but even if he plays, he I don't think he's going to be he healthy. Might, so. might not be at the top of his game. We'll see about their offensive linemen. I think it's a weird game. I think it's a punter's game. I think both defense is going to play well. I think the Eagles take advantage of the fact that the Saints are going to be a little shorthanded, either Kamara not in there. But he did sing the praises of Mark Ingram as well, and he's going to be the guy who's going to tote the rock for him. Um, but I think that if they're down one or both of their tackles, it will handicap their offense, no questions asked. Um, but I think the Eagles are going to have a tough time because I don't know that the coach is going to want to move away from his successful running game. And they may try and pound it up in there and find out you can't pound it up in there against the New Orleans Saints. They are just that good. As much as they're banged up on offense, the Saints' defense is completely healthy. They're ready no, to go. Yeah, they're ready to go. But I agree, but I'm I'm going to say this. The number is 72.9, so as we get out of here, I'm going to give you the over-under. I think the Eagles are going over, personally, rushing yards. That's what the Saints uh, give up per game. Because of Jalen Hurts, you're going to add 40, 50 for Jalen Hurts. I agree with you. They're not going to be able to run the ball traditionally. And I don't think that's going to go well for Miles Sanders because people are going to blame Miles Sanders and say, see, they should have stuck with Jordan Howard, Boston Scott. But nonetheless, I think Jalen's going to be able to make a play here or there, and the Saints aren't. And I think that's the difference of the game offensively. Yeah, you said if you go by what the uh, Saints have averaged over the year, how much they give up per week uh, under 75 yards. Well, the Eagles rushed for 200 yards last week. I'm going to take the under on that one. Oh, 200, I'm taking the under. They don't go for 200 against the Saints the way that they did the previous week against the Broncos. Uh, They're going to be over 72.9, but they're going to be well under 200. Right. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. The question is, which are they closer to, the 72 or the 200? That may decide the game. I'm deciding that Saints 21, Eagles 19, and – the game will end the same exact way that it did last week for the Saints. The necessity of the two-point conversion to get it even and get it tied and get it into overtime, that the Eagles will need to get that two-point conversion and not be able to convert. And that's the difference between going into overtime at 21-21 or the Saints. Jody, I love it. I love when you get all the hate mail. That's okay. I love it. Let let me repeat this again. Nine and one in my Eagle predictions this year. The only one I got wrong was I thought Carolina was going to handle them down in Carolina, and the Eagles won that game, and congrats for them on that. And I'll take all the abuse on what because that means the Eagles win. If I'm wrong, it means the Eagles win. That's uh, kind of uh, win-win or lose-lose, depending on how you look at it. I like uh, it. I like partner, it. Good show. Uh, enjoy your easy day. Piece of cake covering the Eagles. You don't have to get on a plane. You don't have to I sit know. next to Ed Kratz with his underwear on his head. You got it easy, buddy. I am I am far too excited about not having to get on a plane. So that is a positive. But uh, you will get beat by – who is it that always beats you down to – the the Lincolns, you're like the second guy. Uh, Ross, Tucker. Ross, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah. Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker. Ross is, yeah, Ross is. 
Ross, Ross is coming in. Ross is on the road from Hershey at four in the morning, evidently. Ross, Ross, may, is, Ross is, may already be there for Sunday's yeah, game. Uh, now. Uh, part of a good week. Uh, we'll do this again on Monday, all right? Thank you, Jody. Appreciate it. Everybody enjoy the Eagles and the Saints. We'll be back here to talk about it Monday on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.